0: Well, now moving on. Um, we have Leah here with us this morning. Um, many of you know her, and uh, she is the associate pastor over at Abundant Life Church of the Nazarene. Um, and she is joining us this morning with M- Pastor Mike out, and she will be preaching. Um, so, would you give her a warm welcome? Good morning. It is really good to be here again. Uh, For those of you who don't know, this is the church that I grew up in. So, uh, I do not have PowerPoints because I was working this week and my computer broke. And so I did what every good, intelligent person does when their computer crashes I took a nap. And uh, waited for my son to get home from track practice, and then he fixed it for me. (laughs) Um, So, no PowerPoints. You're going to have to follow along on your own. I recommend taking notes and then going home and thinking about it throughout the week. I don't know what your general practice here is at the church these days, but it's always wise to take notes. Okay, the scripture this morning uh, I believe it might say uh, matthew seven twelve through twenty eight it 's actually twelve through twenty nine because if you cut it off at twenty eight you miss the second half of the sentence. So here it goes. so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not practice them and put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Long passage, huh? (laughs) Lots of good stuff in there. And there are lots of good uh, parables and good lessons that we could get from this. But as I was looking at it this week, preparing for this morning, I'm kind of a stubborn person. And my mind kept going back to, what is the one thing that ties all of these parables and all of these teachings that Jesus gives together? And because I'm so stubborn, I think sometimes God knows. He made me that way, and so he gave me an answer to that question. It was gracious of him. Um, but there is a theme, and it's, it's not one that maybe is readily visible in these verses. So uh, the theme actually comes from the very last sentence. He taught as one who had authority. So Jesus spoke these teachings with authority, right? And we get that because he was God. He is God. But my question then was, what about us? Do we also get to speak with authority about godly things? Or are we relegated to be forever like the scribes that are talked about in these verses, the teachers of the law, who don't speak with authority and only repeat what others have heard. So I'm going to ask uh, a question. I know, like, in the old days, we weren't supposed to go out and watch movies, right? But has anyone ever seen the movie Yentl? Three times. Three times. All right. So in this movie Yentl, you'll see a whole bunch of Jewish people in Eastern Europe, and, and there, there's a whole backstory to it. But basically... They're talking and learning about the Torah, which is the first part of what we call the Bible. And all they do, they rarely talk about what the Torah actually says. They talk about what the scribes have said and what the teachers have said. So they have memorized all of these teachers and they say, you know, so-and-so says this. And then the other one says, but so-and-so says that about that. And they just go back and forth repeating what everyone else Has said and taught on the Torah instead of actually talking about the Torah itself. And that, to me, is kind of a picture of what was happening here. The scribes, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law in Jesus' day were talking about what everyone said about Scripture, but very few of them had any authority to speak about Scripture. From the standpoint of really knowing and living it. Jesus, in contrast, being God and the source of scripture, is able to speak with authority. Do we, as believers, also have the ability to speak with authority about the things of God? So... Anyone who has spent any time listening to me preach knows that I love definitions and dictionaries. So I wanted to know, what exactly does it mean to speak with authority? And here's what I found out. So uh, this was dictionary.com said, The power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. That's what authority means. So if you're looking at authority from that definition, are any of us ever going to have authority like like God does? Are we going to give orders and enforce obedience? No. So clearly that's not the kind of of authority that we can have. That's the authority that belongs solely to God. And we, in case you're wondering, we don't even have that authority over our children, right? Right? I mean, we can tell them and we can put, we can, sorry, we can discipline our children. We don't punish these days. Um, We can discipline our children, but in the end, we cannot make them do what we want to do, right? They are individuals and they will choose what they're going to do and how they're going to live in the end. So clearly that's not us. But then there's Merriam-Webster's Dictionary that gives us a second definition of authority. And that second definition is a person looked on as an expert. So this is also a kind of authority that Jesus had. Clearly, he was an expert in the things of God, right? Because he was God, right? But is it possible for us to be experts in the things of God? Well... Let's look at the original Greek, because that's even more fun to add another language. Uh, the original Greek, the word for authority, is exousian, And the word exousian means to speak out of one's being or substance. So this is the kind of authority that they're talking about in this verse. To speak out of the very essence of who you are and what is inside of you, your very being. And I think it is possible if we look at these scriptures to do this for us. But it's not easy. So let's take a closer look at that. The first thing we need to recognize is that in order for us to speak from within our being with authority about godly things, we have to know God. We have to have some of his nature in us, So Genesis, the very beginning, first two chapters of the Bible, talks about how humanity was made, and that every single human being, male and female, young and old, is made in the image of God. So partly, we already have a little bit of God's nature in us. We don't have all of God's nature, but we have a portion of it just by being made in his image. The second thing we need to recognize is that in order to have God's spirit in us, we have to go through a process of recognizing that we don't live up to God's standards as human beings and that we need to repent and believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he rose again and defeated Satan. So, if we believe those things, and if we have repented, God says that he puts his spirit in us. So, that's the next step in becoming more like him in our nature, and having his nature in us. And then we get to the scriptures that we read this morning, because I'm sure I'm sure that you have all met at least one Christian who has repented, believes, and is saved, but does not act like we expect someone who professes God as their Savior to act. How many of you have been perfect since the day you accepted Christ? Perfect in every action, every thought, every moment. (laughs) Yeah. Liar, you live with me. (laughs) In case you're wondering, that's my son. Um. (laughs) Um. Okay. So we all know that it is possible to be saved and to not be doing a very good job of actually living out that salvation and the love that we're supposed to be living in. So that's where these scriptures that we read today come into play. The answers for how do we take the rest of the steps that we can to having God's nature in us, to being so filled with him that we can speak with authority about the things of God. So let's look at verse 12. It says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I want to point out do. It's an action, okay? It is possible to be saved and not do anything. But it's it's dicey because you get down to uh, the next couple of verses where it talks about um, let's see which verse is it I just lost it right it's the one that says Lord Lord we did all these things in your name and and we talked and talked and talked about you and he says I don't know you what does he mean by I don't know you does, is that Does he really just not know them? Like, are they a mystery to him? No. Right. What's happened there is not that he doesn't know who they are or what they've done or anything about them. He knows them completely, through and through. But they don't know him. They haven't been walking with him. Verses 13 and 14 talk about finding the narrow gate and walking on the narrow, difficult path. Meaning that in order to be consumed by God's nature, we have to be walking in his ways. Walking is an action. It's something we do. Talking won't get you through the narrow gate, right? If you stand in front of a gate and you just start talking, are you going to end up on the other side? No, right? You got to actually take some steps, right? Now, to be sure the Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us the courage to take those steps, absolutely, but we still have to make a choice and pick up our feet and go, right? It's, It's working together. So verses 15 through 20 talk about the good and bad fruit that will be known by the fruit we produce Jesus' authority was backed up by the fruit he produced so I liked the question today what's your favorite fruit mine was mango by the way well technically my favorite fruit is a smoothie but (laughs) you know mango and strawberry smoothies are the best um So we know what kind of a plant it is by what kind of fruit it produces, right? Berry vines produce berries. Trees produce apples, cherries, pears. We know this stuff. And Jesus is using that as an example. If the fruit that you are producing, if the results of the decisions you're making and the things you're doing aren't producing fruit in line with what Scripture says believers ought to be producing then we're going to look at you and because we're humans we're going to judge and we're going to say hypocrite. And when we get to that point we cannot speak with authority about the things of God. Nobody will believe us. Nobody will listen. The way that you get authority to speak about the things of God is by putting into practice and doing the things God tells us to do by being obedient to the word. So the next part says in verse 21 through 23 that it's, it's the people who God doesn't know them because they don't know him. Now, he knows them, right? We talked about that. What he means is they aren't walking with him. They aren't obeying him. They're saying one thing, they're doing another thing. They may even look like the things he lists, like, oh, we cast out demons. We did all of this stuff. But the fruit somehow was bad. They didn't know him. They were doing stuff to look good. But the real fruit behind it was selfishness, was pride. It was not out of a heart of love and obedience to God. And it was not being done in a knowledge of God. It was being done in human power and human knowledge. This is scary for me because sometimes I'm like, ah, I have to stand up here and preach. Like, what, what if my fruit isn't great, right? I'm supposed to be talking about the things of God and speaking with authority on the things of God. What if I'm one of these people who's doing it out of my own power instead of out of an intimate relationship with God and out of obedience, How do we know? Honestly, sometimes it's hard for me to see that. But you can guarantee 100% that the people that I'm preaching to are going to know. Because they're going to see my life and they're going to know whether I'm really living it or not. If I'm standing up here and I'm talking to you about this and my son is down there and he's taking notes and he's like, she keeps saying this, but man, at home, I'm just not seeing it. Is he going to believe what I have to say about God? Is he going to trust me to know what's right or wrong when it comes to God? Absolutely not. My job is to continually be checking the scriptures, continually be in prayer, continually be looking to God and doing my best through his spirit to be obedient. But I won't be able to know sometimes if I'm messing up unless I'm in fellowship with other Christians. Are you tracking me? Okay. This body... This group of people, this is what helps us know if we are producing fruit in line with God's will. These are the people that keep us in check. Even your pastor, right? I'll tell you, the people at Kelso, oh, they keep me in line, right? They let me know when I mess up. They, they let me know three or four times just this week. <laughs> okay? I love them. I need them. I need them to keep me in line. And they need me, and you need each other. We can't do it alone. <sighs> wow. Wow. There's just so much in this. We keep going for hours. Okay, verse 24 through 27 talks about a wise and a foolish builder and what happens when the storm comes. So the wise builders, it turns out in these scriptures, are the ones who've been doing everything that's talked about before that. When there's a storm in your life, are you going to immediately fall back to patterns and habits that you've never practiced before? No. You're going to fall back into the patterns and the habits that you have been practicing. So if you have not been walking with God and being obedient to him and producing good fruit, when things were calm and going well, you definitely won't be producing good fruit when the storm comes. Because you're just going to revert automatically to what you're familiar with. So what Jesus is talking about here is, if when the storm comes, your house comes crashing down, you won't be able to speak with authority about the things of God. Now, he's not talking about your physical house. He's talking about your spiritual house. He's talking about have you spent time before the storm came building a strong foundation through actually doing and obeying what Jesus taught? Because when times are good, it's easy to talk and look like you're walking the walk. But when the storm comes, all the falseness, All the paint on the outside is going to get stripped away. And we're going to see what's really in there. Windows are going to get broken out, and people are going to be peering in and saying, Hmm, didn't really have a strong foundation, did you? Looked good. Lots of paint, lots of flowers. Pretty, but not strong. We get strong by doing, by being obedient. So here's my question for you. If you're not going through the storm right now, are you preparing for the storm by doing and obeying the word of the Lord? It's hard work. It's a difficult path. It's a narrow gate. If you're not doing the work now, You're going to struggle when the storm comes. If you're going through the storm, are you prepared? Are you embracing it? Or are you saying, God, why are you letting this storm happen? Because Jesus clearly tells us that in this world we will have troubles. But take heart, he's overcome the world. Those storms are going to come. You can't avoid them. Pain. Shame. Guilt. All of those things. Are going to be part of our lives. When they come. The fruit. That we have. Will depend on what we did before. Now. If you're in that storm and you don't have a habit and a practice of obeying God, maybe you've just come to him, the storm is what brought you to your knees. That's fantastic. But you're going to have to work extra hard, and you're going to need the people in this faith community to help you have good fruit without having built those habits prior to this time. That's why we live and work and worship in a community of faith. That's why we have churches. It's possible, but it's going to be harder. And you're going to need a whole lot more Holy Spirit help from your fellow believers. (sighs) So, My last question to you today is Do you want to be able to speak to believers and non believers with authority about godly things? How badly do you want to speak with authority? Not for your own sake. Not so that you can stand up here and say, Ooh, look at me, I speak with authority. That's not what Jesus did. To speak with authority means to live and walk and do in obedience with the scriptures and with God's will in a way that others can see it. That's the kind of faith life that I want. I'm pretty sure that's the kind of faith life that your pastors here want. Is that the faith life that you want? Yeah, I'm giving you a second answer that question. Is it? Yeah? Good. If this is all new to you, if you haven't had this kind of faith life, if you've never heard this stuff before, if you want to be so invested, so full of the Lord that it just Flows from your nature, from within you. What do you do about it? The first thing is to repent of any situation or any circumstance where you have not chosen to be obedient. The second piece is to ask God's Holy Spirit and the faith community you live in to help you be obedient and learn to walk in the word of the Lord so that you can speak with authority, so that people can see transformation in your life. as the worship team comes up here and we prepare for communion, I'd like us to take some time to reflect on the sermon today and what we've learned from it. To take some time, if we need to, to do that repenting To take some time to make sure that our hearts and our minds and our walk are obedient to the Lord. We come before you today in humility, in repentance. We know that on our own, we can't do this. We ask your Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the courage to walk in obedience to you. We ask that you would help us to be open and willing to listen to the people you have put in our lives who do speak with your authority, who are walking the walk that you've given us. Lord, we want to be so filled with you, so taken with you, That our very being cries out to everyone around us about how good and how loving and how faithful and true you are. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was in the upper room with the disciples. And he took the bread and he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. You may eat. After that he took the cup and he said take and drink of this it's my blood shed for you you may drink Lord we are so grateful for your sacrifice on the cross You walked the walk. You died the death. And you rose again. In you, we can walk the walk. In you, we have died. Our old self is gone. And our new self is risen. In your power in your grace and goodness. As storms come and go in our lives, Father, give us the strength and the courage to bear good fruit, to be obedient, to follow you down the narrow and difficult path. We love you are so grateful for what you've done for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.